Hello and welcome to Brain Trust Live number 449. This week on the podcast, Kevin DeLeon first ruins city government, then ruins Christmas for LA families. Plus, the only person happier than Raphael Warnock about the Georgia runoff results was Herschel Walker. And newsflash, Kirsten Cinema had left the Democratic Party long before this week. Plus, the Trump org is officially as guilty as we all knew in our hearts they were. And the House passes marriage equality for everybody but polygamists. We'll have all this and more. This is Brain Trust Live. Hey y'all, I'm Brent. I'm Lila, and you can find us on the web at www.braintrustlive.com. Yeah. This is like our fourth week in a row that we're I back. Know. Remember, but don't get used to it. <laughs> I was going to say, don't get used to it. The holidays are coming. Remember when we used to do this every week without fail for like 10 years? <laughs> I know. We're real slackers. We've, we've only done 450 of them. This is outrageous. <laughs> can't be trusted. Oh, we can't be stopped. We can't be stopped is the issue. Right. Yeah. And we're getting dangerously close to having 500 episodes of this podcast. I know. And then what? <laughs> then I think we become president. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> That's too bad. Uh, it's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of news this week that... I mean, there's some news news this week, but there's a lot of not news this week also. <laughs> well, as I was scouring the interwebs this week, I noticed that John Hickenlooper had had a child. Sure. Uh, he's 70 and his wife is 44 and they had a baby by surrogate. Also, it was 11 pounds. This, that's, so, the, that's the story. So many facts about this story <laughs> are complicated. Yeah. One being that John Hickenlooper is already too old to be married to a 44-year-old woman who is herself too old to have a baby. Um, and that the two of them are now, have they now have a newborn. I know. A, a, an 11-pound newborn. I know. 11 just, yeah, 10 pounds, 15 right. ounces. <laughs> Don't worry, though. They're all healthy. I know. The John Hickenlooper's rep like put out a statement that everybody was happy and healthy. And it's like, well, I'm certainly glad the baby is healthy. But what the fuck did you two do? Right. Like, Nothing. You might have had a stroke upon learning that you just had a child, maybe. Right. That, that's like the only health concern that could be possible in this scenario. I mean, obviously, I also hope the woman who gave birth is okay. But I mean, it was a weird... health I'm concerned right, about, I was going to say, it was a weird <laughs> statement, I feel like, to, to put... Out. And they also said the baby was, what was it, nearly perfect nearly or perfect. almost perfect? And but was not like, quite, you guys. <laughs> something just, just off. The on size. the edge. Yeah, the, the size. size it's it too big of a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was perfect, except it's too big. John Hickenlooper is old enough to be this baby's, like, grandfather or great-grandfather. Yeah. His wife is old enough to be the baby's grandmother. He was also old enough to be his first child's. Grandfather. Grandfather at the time. Because he has one son already who is 20. So he had, and that's his only other child. So he was 50 when he had him. I. What were the first 50 years of his life like? <laughs> what was he doing for the first 50 years? I don't know, wasn't he like like doing microbrewery bullshit or something I around so. Denver or yeah. something like that? He's doing a Colorado thing. <laughs> he was. That he was, was doing like peak Colorado. It's very... That's how you get to become governor. That's of, right. Wasn't he the governor? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let me tell That's you. That's how you get to be the senator the from sen Colorado. We know for sure. Because he's done that. That we has, He has definitely been the senator from Colorado. And that's what we know. That's what we know. Um, Brittany Griner's back. She is. God, people are so mad about that. I, and why? I, I don't... Is I'm she like, happy to not have that story be in the papers anymore. I was like, well, let's just get her back because this seems like... This seems like a sad story that could never end because, if we don't play our cards because right Because idiots here. are mad that of the two people who we could have brought home from Russia, we bought, brought home the black queer one. Yeah. Well, that sounds like idiots. Yeah. If I had to guess what idiots are up to. <laughs> That's, That's it. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that was also like an absurd, like, 
Right. Yeah. She was about to be like in the gulag for nine years right. for like a marijuana arrest. Yeah. It's like, and that's what we do here, guys. Exactly. <laughs> if anyone's going to put someone in a gulag over a minor drug arrest. Yeah. That's the it's most Kamala incarcerated Harris. country on earth. <laughs> right. Exactly. She's a, pro- she's a professional. Exactly. Leave it to the professionals, guys. Yeah, not the not these <laughs> lame Russian amateurs. No, uh-uh. we've also big strike week. Uh, there was a yeah. Times Union walkout, which led to some confusion because I noticed a few people. It was a one day walkout, so we were all supposed to not read the Times for a day. Oh yeah. Um, and then there was some confusion about which day that was because I noticed some people got the news late and then told everyone that they should not read the Times the next day, but oh. the walkout was already over, and so that, <laughs> in retrospect, turned out to be complicated. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but the New School got a deal. Amazing. I just found out about that yesterday. Exciting. I had an inside track, as we all know. Um, But I think it was the longest academic strike in history or something. It was, you guys, whatever the new school did in that strike is like a playbook in like what not to do (laughs) if your like formerly progressive institution is on strike. Yeah. Like literally every misstep was made on the administration side. It was like they had never encountered labor before, which is crazy because there's like a number of labor economists and other labor like experts that teach for the new school. But right. sadly, they were on strike, so they couldn't consult. <laughs> they, were, they didn't have anybody they, to ask. Well, because I, what I found out in the midst of all of this is their teaching staff is 90% adjuncts. Most schools, it's like 40 or 50%. And like that's already problematic because we know that's an incredibly exploitive field. Adjuncts do not get paid enough money. They oftentimes only get paid for contact hours as opposed to all the prep hours that they put in. Uh, like it's, it's like a complete bullshit yeah. situation. Yeah. However... To have a 90% adjunct st- uh, staff and then to be start to start making threats like you're going to hire scabs. <laughs> They're going to hire 2,000 scabs in like all of the most obscure fields in, right. you know, in academia. Like, good luck with that. Yeah. Nice try. In any case, listen, there are some national stories you might be interested in. But we're leading with an L.A. story because really the most interesting story of the week comes from the city of L.A. And I think actually if you're not from the city of L.A., you might not have read about it and you might not realize... <laughs> Just <laughs> that Kevin DeLeon is out attacking people, protesters. That's right. So you might know from a few months ago that we had a little bit of a situation with our L.A. City Council where it turned out everyone was just like an out-and-out racist. Right. And specifically three city council members, right. only one of whom resigned. What? Right. The other one The other one out. lost his seat. Right. He's gone. Well, um, I mean, he's still there because I think they are still right. inside. I don't know when the no, new I city mean, they, council they're, they just, uh, they're just, I think their last session was this Oh, week. yeah, right. It was their last session. Yeah. So they, they're just, for some reason, our government switches over in December, which is yeah, not a reason yeah. I could identify for any of you, yeah. but we do it and that's life. Um, so the city council it was having their final session. Um, and so we were about to get two of the three out. Right. And then Kevin DeLeon, who was not leaving, decided no. to act out in style. He did. Uh, in, in the final moments of glory of the right. city council session. Right. Well, he went. Right. Which was what he Which did. Which was the mistake. Right? Yeah. Because he had not been in person yet. They had taken some of these to Zoom, I think, at a certain point. Yeah. Um, and so I think there had been, he had been participating, I believe. But like, well, they were there and he... he just decided to show up like, you know. Like it was any Tuesday. Like it was any Tuesday. Remember when Friday, he I think it was Friday, said but, yeah. that he had to stay because his district needed representation as if yes, he's the he, only he person to, capable. He had to represent his constituents. Yeah. Yes. And then it turned um, out he wasn't going to be able to attend meetings because they were going to be interrupted <laughs> right, by protesters if he did attend. Well, that's what he claimed the reason was that he went again. Yeah. This and time. we learned that he was still not going to be able to uh, participate in the meetings. No, so, because he got booed out of the meeting, essentially. Yeah. They had to shut down the meeting. They had to shut down the meeting. And then he left and didn't. they took a recess and he didn't come back. That's right. So 
Good work, protesters. Yes. <laughs> he had to leave. He had to leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, then, Friday night. Was when the good stuff happened. Was when the good stuff happened. So already, so already we have some exciting stuff going on in the city council. And also, he's not the only person who acts out in that city council meeting. We no. should note. Because Paul Koritz, who was also leaving, delivered a final blow on his way out <laughs> that... Which I think sort of perfectly encapsulates what's gone wrong with the LA City Council. Yes. He, and what's gone right with the LA City Council, well, that's too, so, in, that's in, so terms of, in terms like, of the protesters uh, that community have Community interaction. Right, because he took a shot like at the protesters because he said all the protesters have done their best to make it difficult for us to do our work in the last two and a half years. And he's right. You've been talking about this. It's yeah. like anybody who hasn't been paying attention to LA City Council is doing themselves a disservice because it's bonkers always. Literal nonsense, <laughs> chaos bonkers craziness in the best way. LA City yeah. residents are like really showing what it is. Yeah. To care about a place. Yeah. But he finished that speech and he said, in their own words, I yield the rest of my time. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So that's what's going on. Because that's how they were signing off on all of their On that first, that first meeting back after mm-hmm. the, the tapes of all the, well, the racist comments. That, Kate, that police uh, funding meeting was where we learned that we could do that. Because that uh, yeah. was... Uh, LA City uh, residents have been... Just le- unleashing strings of expletives in yeah. like public forums for months now. Yeah, it's great. In the most satisfying possible way. Yeah. So he ends his final words in office are "fuck you" to the ci- to the to, <laughs> to the, the residents to the, to the citizens of LA. Uh-huh. Then Kevin DeLeon leads that meeting uh-huh. and decides he's going to attend a um, a toy giveaway and Christmas tree right. lighting in Lincoln Heights, which is a neighborhood he represents. Don's a Santa hat. Don's a Santa hat, <laughs> as you do. And, and then, protesters were there because course. they're following him. That's right. As they should be. <laughs> as they should be. Um, and so he gets into a physical confrontation and the police have to be called. Yeah, and there's video yes. of this. You of can, course You can is. watch it. Uh, and the problem was is that a video clip was released where it's just him attacking this guy. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, well, I got headbutted, you know, and like I think said that he was going to press charges no, or whatever. He and filed then a battery filed, complaint right. against this guy who right. then filed a battery complaint again, back at him. Yeah, because the problem for KDL was that first video came out. It was probably 15 seconds of KDL attacking the guy. And then right. he was like, well, I got headbutted. Right. And so whoever had taken the video released like a minute and a half of it to which there was no headbutt. No involved. one got headbutted. I mean, they were <laughs> definitely very much in each other's face. It was a tight quarters. Like I'm not, but like there's, there's no visible headbutting going on that like prompted. Uh, I think he also said that like one of his aides like was physically injured or something. Like none of this is filmed. <laughs> they were just making like none wild accusations. None of this is filmed. Yeah. Uh-huh. So basically wearing a Santa hat, he... <laughs> He got into like a fist fight at with a, a protester at a toy giveaway. <laughs> and that is how he ended this term in office. A man who is right. but he'll intending be back. to come exactly. back. Yeah, exactly. Right. Although the recall against him is going forward because people are, the, all, yeah. the, all the paperwork has been properly filed. The, uh, the city clerk just um, approved it this week. So they're moving, they can now officially move forward with signatures, which they will certainly get. And yes. he will certainly be recalled if. They get the signatures, which they will. So, which is another question about, like, what are you up to, guy? Well, I feel like... Like, if you actually are concerned about your constituents, the best thing for you to do is to leave so they can actually have... Elect somebody. Uh, elect to represent somebody. them, who can right. show up at the meetings and doesn't get into fistfights and community events. <laughs> right. But also, this is... Um, like, it's so much worse to get recalled after what he has done than yeah. it is to just fucking leave. I know. Doesn't... Like, for his future prospects... Yeah. Leaving... In disgrace is still better than being recalled in disgrace. 
Yeah. After you have forced the hand and all of this wasted time and energy. Energy, money, probably. Money. Yeah. To get to you do recalled. a recall election. Yeah. Like he really wants to tempt fate that way. Yeah. In any case, he does. He does. He literally does. <laughs> he literally does. Yeah. Um. We also today was the uh, Karen Bass inauguration. Yep. And so, of course, naturally, they had to move out a ton of unhoused people to make room for the inauguration. Good good news, though. Her first act was, quote, declaring homelessness an emergency. Mm-hmm. It was quite an emergency, considering there was nowhere to hold the inauguration without moving homeless people out And of the then way. it was rain, so it was inside anyway. Yeah, or of course. It, it rained. Yeah. Right. So they moved right. Yeah. This is, by the way, this couldn't be a worse week to be unhoused in L.A. because it's like raining for the first time in history, like multiple times in the week. It rained last weekend. It's raining this weekend. Like, so on top of all of that... They were like, but you can't be here, you guys. We're about to have a big event that we're going to move at the last minute. God. Kamala Harris was the one who uh, inaugurated her. I bet she did. Yeah. This full, full mm-hmm. inauguration. In any case, this is my plea to everyone to just keep an eye on the LA City Council. Even if you don't live in LA, this is the news that you're going to want to know. <laughs> Yeah. There is no city council in America that is as entertaining currently as the LA City Council. I didn't, and think, also, that we, I didn't think that we had it in us, I honestly. didn't either. And I was going to say, there is no city populace as exciting right now as the citizens of Los Angeles. Like, LA City is, like, coming up with novel and exciting ways to protest. And I would also argue, it is challenging in LA because it's such a geographically dispersed yeah. city. We don't have the kind of gathering points that, like, a city like New York does. So oftentimes, like, New Yorkers can, like show up at a place at random and it turns out there's a protest there because everyone just showed up. You can't really do that in LA. So they're coming up with very novel ways to protest. Like it's kind of exciting. And also I think a good model for other car cities to think about. Oh yeah. Because like, wouldn't it be exciting if the residents of Houston just got this pissed off? Totally. I mean, the cities in all over Texas that could use this kind of energy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. in any case, that's what's going on in LA. Now let's talk about Georgia. Yes. Georgia we, results. We told you. I know. I will say... I said it was going to be 53 to 47, and then I saw some other prognosticators saying the same thing in the days after right. the podcast last week, and I was feeling really good about myself, and then it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> However, it was 51 to, 51.4 to 48.6, so it was like 3%. So like for once in the first time, like since I can remember certainly doing this podcast, but prior to this podcast, also a poll was right. right because right. the polls we right. talked about last week were all like either at 3 or 4%. Yeah. So like, you know, kudos to the pollsters. For, for the first time one ever. time, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> getting an election result, uh, right? And then also, you know, I think when you really actually do think about it, when you think about previous Georgia elections, when you think about this current governor's election, yeah. which was a blowout in favor of Kemp, like 3% is also sort of a blowout for a yeah. Democrat there. I mean, like, you know, people like to think that this is a purple state, and I guess sort of it is. They do have two Democratic senators there. But I mean, like, there's sort of some extenuating circumstances that got both yeah. of them <laughs> into office, I think, there. Like, I think if we learned anything, it was just sort of an anti-Trump state, yeah. probably more than... It is purple because I think it's fairly easy to imagine like any Republican with like you know functioning brainwaves probably winning that Senate race. Well, and also which is why people are so mad at Trump right now because yeah. like he's really persona non grata because um, well he's uh, the this purveyor his, of these right people these characters yeah and this is something you know we see this again and again and the reason that I was so confident about the results of this race is just because there has not been one single state that has fielded one of these Looney Tunes candidates where that candidate has been successful. Yeah. There was, you know, Arkansas did not vote for Roy Moore. Right. Todd Aiken did not get elected. No. Richard Murdoch did Carrie not get Lake. elected. Carrie Lake did not get elected. Like yeah. there is a line 
And that line is because polls actually showed that turnout among GOP voters was quite high in this race. And I think a lot of people thought that that was going to translate into a closer margin. And it didn't because Republicans went to the polls and voted for Warnock because they were like, this guy Walker is a lunatic. Yeah, all of that. It was very close to what it looked like in the general, honestly, except for some different turnout models or people flipping votes. But I mean, it was like every single county stayed the same. I think there were like two county flips and like barely flipped. So it was essentially just like... It was all in margins. It was just in margins. And also, you know, there was an independent candidate or libertarian candidate who got 2% of the vote in the general. And that 2% went to Warnock this time. Yeah, a lot I mean, of it certainly did. Or or it stayed home, because I think turnout was down, actually, from the yeah, from the, the general. But I don't not, think that GOP turnout was, though. It may I not saw have been. something I about how it was, like, much higher than everyone anticipated. You might be right. I think, I think there were I'm sure that less, there were, yes, actual, less voters actual voters in yeah. this, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But yeah, I, <clears throat> I feel like what we've learned from the, the GOP trying to field these kind of candidates is that these candidacies are not successful even in states where there is a huge advantage for you know to Republicans? Yeah, like it is just not. I I think if anything sort of asks you know it sort of um, gets them to reassess their strategy moving forward, it should be that the string of losses they have experienced when like Looney Tunes people run for office. I know it's because you can get elected again and again as per, the personification of evil if you're like Mitch McConnell mm-hmm. and you just look like any old person. Right. You know, like, and there are there are evil Republicans that are getting reelected oh, again sure. and again. Lindsey Graham is getting reelected yeah. again and again. Yeah. But when they try to field candidates that like don't seem like they are like stringing sentences together <laughs> correctly <laughs> and like hold not just extreme views, but like incorrect views about how like normal like things function. Yeah. I think they... They should really think about whether or not they want to start intervening Democrat style in some of these primaries where they're, you know, where they're likely to field these kind of candidates. Yeah. I, that's not where their electorate actually is. It's where an, an extreme minority in their electorate is. And I, yeah. it's not worth it in the general to feel this no. kind of, It doesn't make sense to let that happen. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, so Kirsten Cinema, Right. You might have heard, left the Democratic Party. In yeah. one of the least surprising moves of all time. And here's why. If you're wondering why, like so many people this week have asked me why she did that. And yeah. I can tell you why. It's a simple answer. Yeah. It's because she was going to face a primary challenger in her next election yeah. and she, she didn't want to. She has like a 17% approval rating Wait, among Democrats in the state of Arizona. Yeah. Uh, she was going to lose to literally anyone like in a Democratic primary a in the state of Arizona. A toad could have beat her. Anyone. Yeah. T- truly. Unnamed yeah. Joe Blow, anyone, didn't matter. Yeah. Th- that person would not have had to have string sentences together to beat Kristen nope. Cinema in a primary. No. Could have been the world's dumbest Could have said Democrat. not one word. Nothing. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. That's, it, it was, it's all self-preservation. And I don't even know if it's going to work, honestly. Because I she's don't still, either. She's going to be just, she's just as hated. And now probably she pissed off maybe a few actual Democrats who still, for whatever reason, may have supported her. Yeah. So I, I don't think that this is the real win, maybe, for herself that she thinks it is. Well, I think that your theory that you dropped on me earlier is correct. Yeah. And she thought she was going to leave the party after the Democrats experienced the, you know, horrific losses. Yeah. In well, the, she'd, already, in the she'd obviously had that fancy video made up for a hot minute. And yeah. I think that, like, that was planning to be released as to be like, look at me, the great, you know, savior of Arizona. The Democrats can't do anything uh, you know, and then all just, of a sudden they won all of their elections and then she was probably like, God damn it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So then she held a beat and then she released a it she had in to a non-news. A little bit. Yeah. In a non-news. Like Friday morning, like at 6 a.m. Yeah. Eastern time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like essentially the middle of the night. Right. When she released this information. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> 
So, no, exactly. And, and also the other thing, like, obviously there was like an immediate sort of like shock just in the sense that it was sort of like, oh shit, this is happening, right? right. Like not in a surprising like way where anybody was like, oh, oh a really strong Her? Democrat like left <laughs> right. the party, right? I mean, like anybody can imagine this happening. But like the other thing is, is I think that like once people sat with it for like two seconds, it's sh- we realized that it was also like a big nothing. Like, I mean, yeah. there's already, first off, there's already two... When you're counting 51 to 49, you're already counting two independents, the caucus with the Democrats. So you can continue counting her because she's keeping plans as much as she has ever caucused with the Democrats, continuing to do so. So they are still going to like technically have the advantage on all these committees, right? Because that was one of the one of the reasons why you would want 51 instead of 50 because you wouldn't have a committee split. But I will say, thank God Warnock won, because if she had done this, she could have been in a position to make that choice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think that's another reason why she did it as well, because I don't think, I honestly, I mean, look, she is who she is, but like, I don't know that she would have done it to give the Republicans the, Republicans the majority, the no, majority but she also probably would have, again, continued to say that she was caucus- caucusing with the Democrats yeah. and it still would have been 50-50. Right. But the other thing is, is that sort of like, whether she's a registered independent or a registered Democrat, I mean, she can go, she can continue undermining Joe Biden's yeah. Uh, every single one of his, you know, policy plans, just the same as she did. Joe Manchin yeah. still has all the same, but like it literally changes, nothing. it changes nothing. And especially the other thing that I think maybe f- gave her a little bit of cover for this is that they're not going to be doing anything the next two years anyway. Well, right. This it's is divi- not it's divided government. Yeah. So like she is going to. They're like on vacation essentially on for vacation. their shoes. Yeah. I was worried because I did feel like Mitch McConnell was courting her a bit. You remember when I kept yeah. noting that they were going off to talk privately in, I know. you know, in the impeachment hearings and like a number of like televised public events. I would see her and Mitch McConnell go off and speak yeah. privately. So I had been feeling for a long time like he was courting her and saw an opportunity. I know. And the, it would be problematic had Warnock not won. Uh, yeah. If she had been in a position of even to dangling like switch, over us right. that switching parties switching was a parties, possibility. Because right. Joe Manchin has done this before too. Of course. Switching yeah. parties. And he's also up in 2024, I believe. Right. Yeah. So yeah. this, you know, this concern of giving one individual the power to dangle that over us yeah. who's already such a problem person. I know. That I was not interested in. Yeah. So I am happy <clears throat> that they would have to coordinate together. And for all that they, for all the trouble they uh, caused together, I don't think that Manchin and Cinema actually like each other. Oh, I don't think they do either. So I don't think that they like. I, haven't they hinted that they don't? Yes. Or at least yeah, yeah. Mansion has Mansion is right. Has hinted that cinema he, right. is not a person who's making no. sense. But Mansion has definitely hinted that he's exasperated with yeah. cinema, and so because he wanted to be the one. And to be right. fair, I promised him that. Yeah. You know, I remember saying to him when he was listening, obviously <laughs> to the know. podcast, that if he just stuck stuck with us. That he could cause all the trouble that he wanted. And wouldn't know. that be fun for him? <laughs> and it was going to be fun for him. And then she came along and tried to out-trouble him. And it's like, what is somebody who's waited their whole life to cause this kind of trouble supposed to I do? Know. Some new upstart comes in with her flashy glasses and her flashy outfits and just mm-hmm. like in her, you know, sassy curtsying at the <laughs> fucking clerk. Like, he'd been waiting his whole life for this opportunity. I know. Um, in any case. The only thing that I find fascinating about this, because generally I find her boring and I find the story boring, right. <laughs> if we're being honest, <laughs> is the thing that we should be looking out for is what is going to happen in 2024. Because I am envisioning a world where the vote blue no matter who zombies mm-hmm. are going to come out in full force and demand that we don't vote blue no That's matter right. who. That we get behind a now independent Kirsten Cinema, The DNC is going to force everybody in Arizona to 
to back her, and they're going to ignore the actual Democrat who is on the ballot right. who has won a Democratic primary. And that is hypocrisy, guys. And, <laughs> That's and not, hypocrisy. And, and not... Right. It's the, the actual definition of hypocrisy. Right. And you know they're going to do it. Oh, of course. You know well, the DNC is going to swoop in and say, well, she caucuses with the Democrats. She's been there for every important vote that we've had mm-hmm. to take. And like, I know that she left the party, but like, we still have to vote for her. And meanwhile, some like actual Democratic right. person who's probably in Congress right now, like I think what's his name, Gallego, has been hinting right. that he was going to primary her anyway, is going to be over here being like, hi, right. the Democrat, look at me right. over here. Remember when there was an actual Democrat in the race? You should vote like, for right me. Now? Yeah. Well, what's going to happen is, you know, cinema has been courting a lot of big donors, a lot of corporate oh, big yeah. donors. And well, that's who she represents. Because that's who I she mean, represents. Exactly. Yeah. She doesn't represent a state so right. much. I know. A state she's of like mind. talking about like how she she's been talking about like how she doesn't represent a party, and it's like no, you represent cor- Corpor- you're, you're, corporate. Right, you're the, the the senator from corporate America. Right. What, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, what's going to happen is that the Democrats are going to be like, what if we lose our relationship with Raytheon because. Kirsten Cinema uh, is taken down, and she's their guy. Yeah, you know, she's yeah. the she's their senator. Yeah. So we're gonna rob corporate America of a senator when we love them so dearly, just so that this random guy who like represents actual Arizonans can I know. be there. We can't do that. It's gonna be so hilarious that like they're gonna come in for the independent who has been like literally spent the last just like two ruining and a half their years lives. undermining yeah. every single thing that the president has been trying to get through, and they're gonna be like, well, you have to vote for her. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> And if you don't, you're not a patriot. I, it's, right. I don't know. I, no. I don't make the rules. Right. And you're not a Democrat. That's right. <laughs> but what? But, but wait a minute. Huh? What? Um, <sighs> anyway. Vote. Color. That's, insert color gonna, here, no matter say, what. That's one of the many problems with the vote, numa, vote blue no matter yeah. who, people. I mean, yeah. I could make a list for you if you want. Maybe, yeah, because maybe also voting blue no matter I'll... who, even when it is a Democrat, <laughs> is often a problem when that person's not. Vote blue no matter who was a problem in when Kirsten Sinema was a Democrat. Uh, right. And it's also going to be a problem when she's not. Uh, right. so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, good news, guys. We passed the new NDAA. So defense spending is on track and ready to be expanding. Um Obviously, we passed a military spending bill that was for significantly more money than Joe Biden even asked for. That's what we like to do. That's we love what we're it. up to. That's what it's, we did last time, too. I love the NDAA. I always love to check how many pages it is oh. because it's a number of pages that can't be read by the human <clears throat> eye in the amount of time that they have to oh, vote yeah, on it. No, right, it's yeah. 4,400 pages. Sure. That's a bill that I'm sure every member of Congress read cover to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, as usual, and the, listen. Who cares? Because it's just like a bill where we just like give the military a ton of money to like ruin lives. Yeah. And but, also, the, and they don't like, we're not, they, you know, they failed all of their audits and we don't care. So we're just exactly. like going to continue to. By the way, my alarm. <laughs> What's this alarm time for? Time to wake up. Oh, time <laughs> no. to wake up. Um, oh. No, it, it was the alarm. Uh, dear listener, it's 7 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Did the alarm? No, this is an even better alarm. It is to remind me to close the sunroof in my car because it's oh, supposed to rain it's tonight. It's raining. Yes. Right. Okay. I've I thought maybe it was the one that did, didn't you have one that was like very depressing that was like it's all over or something like that. <laughs> so, what what alarm was that? Was I know that? I have the you can always quit alarm. Oh, you can always quit. <laughs> I thought you had something more desperate. Oh no, I had too, another but... alarm um, that sometimes still goes off, and I don't know what the schedule is anymore. Where it's just like, yeah, where it's like get out of here. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Just a get out of here alarm. There's the get out of here alarm. There's the you can always quit alarm. This is the your car roof leaks alarm. Well. You know, it's exciting times. <laughs> we have to leave this in, by the way. Don't edit that oh, out. Oh, I'm not going to edit it out. <laughs> you guys, I don't have the energy to edit this out. Okay, good. <laughs> um, 
But in any case, so the NDAA is often, is because it's a bill that has to pass every year, because of course the most important thing we can do every year is make sure we have military spending set right. and ready to go. Right. God forbid you have healthcare, but we definitely are going to have a military ready to go. Yeah. Um, but because of that, it gets like a ton of random amendments attached to oh, it. Oh yeah, sure. That is how almost every bill that sneaks by that is actually that your random congressperson says that they were involved in passes because this is like a must pass bill. So the amendment situation on this bill is often insane. So like, for example, the Republicans insisted that they include an amendment that rescinds the vaccine mandate for the oh, right. military for COVID vaccine. And that's in there. And that's in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's not right. actually a defense mechanism. Weren't they at some point trying to sneak the Joe Manchin's like energy deal to like for the the permitting thing like in yeah. there at some point I this think is that, you, I don't think that there was it, I, it needed a two thirds majority in the house because there was a voting rights uh, <laughs> amendment in it like the, the people just add any amendment yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that one round of the Zadroga Act passed in the NDAA oh, like it probably did. The NDAA, you just tack on any old thing that you've been trying to pass for a while and you don't want anyone to notice. And be, good luck. It's, you know, it's a 4,000-page bill, so no one's reading it. So no. they don't know what's going on with it. Right. It's got another $800 million for Ukraine. So you can keep being weirdly patriotic <laughs> over your love of Ukraine. Perfect. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sound like a Russia lover here, but like, let's just... We're certainly spending uh, a large sum of money on Ukraine that isn't uh, right. going to U.S. citizens who currently... Are having their health insurance right. premiums go Waving up once again? And Ukrainian flags. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird times here. It's, I, it's like something. Yeah, the weird. Ukrainian flag thing is a little. We're having like a proxy war with Russia through Ukraine, and so suddenly we are deeply invested. Yeah, in... and everybody on Twitter has their Ukraine flags. Like I know. That, and I'm just like, what's every like? What are we all what are, doing? Not that I'm like some make America great again person over here. No, you know but it's I mean? just it's like, like this is it's weird. A, it's a very it's a it's a bizarre. It's weird to me. No, I think you're right. I it's I mean it was weird. It's weird that we have this weird proxy war situation that happens with Israel. That's part of the weirdness with Israel. Is like, why is Israel like our stand-in in the Middle East? Like, mm -hmm. we're not Israel. Sometimes <laughs> our interests are not the same as Israel's. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a similar thing here where it's like, yeah, are we trying to contain Russia? Sure. <laughs> of course we are. Who right. wants to deal with Russia? Nobody. Right. Are but we like, trying to like drone attack them though? Like by way of Ukraine? But that just seems like, like an I, odd choice. I know. <laughs> I, it's like, we're like taking a few steps beyond just like <clears throat> trying to help a country contain Russia that involves us like having to use weird jingoistic right. language but around but about another country. And then we're making like Zelensky like the time person of the year. Like it's all right. very bizarre choices are being made. Bizarre choices <laughs> That's all are I'm being made. This is a country that like four years ago no one could find on a map, by the way. Um, but uh, good news. Plenty of corporate giveaways in the NDAA, always. Sure. Giveaways to Lockheed, giveaways to General Dynamics. Like they're always funding new weapons of war that we can buy from some of America's favorite corporations. Of course. So there's plenty of money going to the wealthiest of the wealthy in yep. this, and that's great news for them, I guess. Um, the thing about the NDAA that is always kind of interesting is we pass all of this stuff, yeah. but we also have to appropriate the funds for it, and that's in a different bill. Sure. And like, I just feel like a lot of the time we get really bent out of shape about amendments oh. on NDAA that never yeah. get funded. Sure. Now, all of the things we just talked about will get funded because they're all for the military and weapons of war. And we're not, who in Congress is not going to fund weapons of war? It's nobody. Um, but it is always interesting to me, a lot of the time you hear a lot of controversy around NDAA amendments. Because yes. they, when you do the NDAA vote, it's like you sit and vote on amendments for like the rest of your life. Like you vote on it and you're like, we did it, the military. And then you're like, amendment, you know, 7,400 7, and whatever. And like for the rest of your life... 
you are in the House chamber just voting on amendments. It goes on <laughs> until the end of time. And all of the amendments sound like they have the same name. And all of them, you can't really figure out which one you're talking about. And it goes on for hours. So, um, so this all goes on. And then they just have to go and basically vote on all of them again because they have to <laughs> appropriate funds for them. So um, that's an exciting part of the NDAA. Yeah. Uh, that's the only, it's not, that's not even that exciting, but that's the only exciting part of the NDA. The other big house news is that they passed a marriage equality act that had been, the Senate has already passed it. It's going to go to Biden. They've already, uh, done, uh, the house had already passed a version of it, but not this version because this version makes an important clarification <laughs> that we would be remiss if we did not mention, which is obviously the Republicans wanted to make sure that religious organizations wouldn't be required to perform same sex marriages. Sure. Now, in a country that is operating properly, that would not even be a question because a marriage in a church is like, as I see it, your own business. Get married sure. in whatever horrible house of hate you want. I don't fucking care. <laughs> if we are going to give you the tax benefits of being married, that's a civil matter. And that's not the same thing as your church marrying you. Like, do whatever you want in church. I don't care. Um, but so we had to clarify that. Yeah. Now, once again, in a properly functioning country, that wouldn't even <clears throat> be a clarification. But most importantly... <laughs> They wanted to clarify that the federal government would not be forced to protect polygamous marriages. <laughs> the big concern the Republicans had once they were like, we're going to let gay people marry, is they were like, we have to draw the line at polygamous people. <laughs> God, there is not one single political movement outside of fundamentalist Mormonism that is agitating for recognizing polygamous marriages. I know. Aside from Lila Nordstrom, who has often clarified, I've often made the claim that I just feel like any number of people should be allowed to get married who want to join assets. Yeah. I think you should get to join assets with anyone you want. I don't care if you're sleeping with them or not. It's like join assets with your sister. It's like, it doesn't matter to me. I feel like once again, in a properly functioning society, that would be separate from a conversation about what churches allow and don't allow. So what do I care? I don't go to church. What do I care if churches allow things or don't allow things? That's nothing to do with me. But um, in any case, sure. the Republicans wanted to make sure that as we took a step to protect same-sex marriage and also interracial marriage, this is kind of a bill, this is Tammy Baldwin's bill that yeah. was just like, let's just let people get married if they want to get married, which is yeah. what you do. Um, they were like, we got to draw the line at polygamous marriages. <laughs> it's all we can think about, apparently. Yeah. Um, it also makes you wonder if there was another issue that the Supreme Court ruled on that could have been codified into law mm -hmm. uh, prior to the Supreme Court changing its mind. Because mm -hmm. it seems like what they have done now with uh, same-sex marriage is what they could have done with abortion had they it seems like. made some choices. Well, it wasn't that big of an issue. That's right. And it was just no, no big deal. Yeah. When they had a supermajority. I remember that. Control yeah. the presidency. But that wasn't. Why prioritize that when you could prioritize doing nothing, which is <laughs> <laughs> what they did prioritize. <laughs> it's just like, well. this is what Congress is meant to do. The Supreme Court says something is allowed. And then yeah. you codify it because yeah. you make sure that new Supreme Court people are not going to uncodify it. Yeah. So you make it the law so that regular people are not forced to go back to court to do the thing that the court already right? said they can do. Yeah. We, you, you make Congress's job is to yeah. take what the Supreme Court says and codify it. It's not just to be like, well, the Supreme Court said it, so I guess we're off the hook. You're not off the hook if you're no, in Congress. Because a different Supreme a Court. A different Supreme Court can change their mind. <laughs> this Supreme Court probably doesn't love same-sex marriage either. No, it probably we, doesn't. We had to get this before. We got there just in time. We got there before they got the chance to talk about it. Yeah. So now it's like, well, it's the law. Well, the reason that they fast-tracked this anyway was because of the abortion. Exactly. Ruling. 
They were like, oh, shoot, they're coming for gay marriage next. Right. We said it. We heard it said over and over. But we also could have known that they were coming for abortion because we literally knew that they were coming for abortion. It was told to us repeatedly over decades. (laughs) We had decades to deal with it. Well, and even this court specifically, just knowing that they were hearing a case where they could rule in the way that they did, like should have been everyone's... The moment. No, I was going to say first clue, but last clue. Last, right. The first <laughs> and last clue. There's all the clues. Uh, um, so in any case, it turns out Congress can do that if they decide to make choices. And sadly, they are deciding not to make choices in certain, cir- certain circumstances yep. that are relevant to this conversation. But good news, at least <clears throat> one of the things we were worried the Supreme Court was coming for has been codified. Yes. I guess they can uncodify it if they have a Supreme Court. They can do anything they want. Yes, they sure could. So yep. let's get a new Supreme Court while we're at it. But, Hello. You know. um, in any case. Well, if we have a President Sanders in 2024, he'll expand the court. Perfect. So there you go. I'm in. Vote for Bernie Sanders 2024. <laughs> That's right. He might be running. Right. And if he's dead, vote for his ghost. But only if Joe Biden doesn't run, which I don't like. I, me either. Just get out there and do it. Do it anyway. All these people who are like, oh, I'm going to defer to... Joe Biden? Doddering Joe Biden, who's like... Like his judgment has been so great so far. (laughs) I know. Uh, But yeah, Faiz... What? Oh, uh, Faiz Shakir, right? His like main longtime advisor was like, he'll probably give it a look if Biden doesn't end up running. Is he 81? Sure. Who cares? Uh, Not me. No. (laughs) As I said last week. One thing if someone else was also giving it a look... That wasn't like Pete Buttigieg. I know. But if my choice is a young, strapping Pete Buttigieg and a on death's door Bernie Sanders, we know the, the issues come first for me. <laughs> um, I feel like uh, I could see a world where Joe Biden runs uninterested, only to keep Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders from, running. from running. Yeah, <laughs> Biden, I could absolutely. Biden's like, see that. well, I don't personally want a second term, but I don't want Bernie Sanders to be the president. So right. here, buckle up, guys. And that <laughs> is a perfect example of why. Sanders should just run anyway. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Just, or here's the other thing. I feel like Sanders at this point, and this is maybe where I'm starting to feel like all of these octogenarians need to get their heads in the game. He should anoint a successor at this moment. This is the time. I know that he has, listen, he has done a lot just by existing for creating the potential for a successor. Yeah. Because there are currently multiple people in Congress who could take up his mantle. And who yeah. kind of are attempting to take up his mantle. Yeah. So, like, he has done a lot for the political process just by making it possible to exist on the national stage as a socialist. Yeah. However, it would be probably helpful if he kind of invested time in openly training a successor. Not because I'm expecting that everyone would just, like, rush over to that person. Yeah. But just so that we get the sense that he's aware of his age. <laughs> right, right. Like, I think more so than wanting him to, like, handpick a successor for me, because I don't actually want him to handpick a successor in the sense that I, I, I and most You'll of his... You'll decide. I'll decide. <laughs> right. Exactly. And most of his supporters probably feel that way. Yeah. Like, he is not... The left is not just, like, following orders. No, I, they've all got problems. I mean, the, like, leftists have problems with him, too. Exactly. I mean, they'd of vote course. for him in a primary, I yeah. think. But I mean, like... No, you know, everyone's got problems with everyone. They're not, they're not going to listen to who he tells them that they should be voting for. Nor should they. That's the fun of being on the left. (laughs) Question everything. (laughs) But my point is, I would like to see him investing some of the infrastructure in some of these younger figures. Because even some of the ones that we're like currently mad at, I could see picking up his mantle. Yeah. um, And I could see 
like benefiting from his mentorship, not just privately, as I'm sure they are benefiting from it privately. We've heard a lot of members of the squad talk about his mentorship privately. Yeah. But sort of public mentorship, a yeah. way of sort of passing the mantle publicly so that they are made publicly aware that they now have the responsibility. Yeah. And also so that he can be sort of more explicit about why he did these things and what they offered. Yeah. You know, he, he has an opportunity now to kind of like teach America why it was important that he run. Yes. And I he agree. could do that by teaching America why it's important that someone else run too. I agree. So yeah. that I could see being a helpful thing if he, even if he doesn't run. Right. And yeah. I actually think that was, that's almost what I would prefer he do listen. I would also vote for the ghost of Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I'm not. No, I get it. Too proud to vote. No, that's well. But, that's what I have always said. I'm yeah. just sort of like short of something else, right. which it seems like we're not getting. Like we're gonna we're gonna exactly. get Gavin Newsom and we're gonna get Amy right. Klobuchar. None and of we're these people get Pete are judge if Biden doesn't run. They're right. all saying it. And like so, if that's what I'm left with, and like there's not another person yeah. involved, and then it's like Sanders all day. give me yeah. him. Would I prefer like you know it not be him, but somebody who's half his age that represents what he represents like sure right. but like I just don't know who that person is and none of those people are certainly acting like they might even be well, thinking about running for president and I think the years. other issue is they're still all too young like not to say that him, Pete Buttigieg being in the mix makes it clear that you don't need to be any you could just come up I, we could be the next Bernie Sanders <laughs> anyone could be the next Bernie Sanders yeah. but like I think the problem is that the kind of the infrastructure on the left is still a little young yeah. And he's a little old and yeah. we're kind of missing the stopgap in the middle. And the Democrats of the Gen X variety, Gen Xers suck. So They're like the actual worst. So like they have plenty of sucky moderates in the Gen X of the Gen X variety, yeah. but the left doesn't have a Gen yeah. Xer. No. They and don't. that's because they don't. But that's why I'm wondering like if he sucks. like if he is going to sort of like decide not to run and like either endorse someone or like throw like I'm saying and I don't even know if these people have like political aspirations but like it should be it should be Sarah Nelson yeah or it should totally. even be like you want to really fuck shit up it should be Chris Smalls like again yes. like I don't know if these are people who like even have any desires to you First know all, hold political office Chris but, like, Smalls has aspirations because he has starring he has aspirations to be a star and this is yeah he's but do you know what I mean like he's that's like a where, smart person so he could should be, be a star politically he doesn't have to like, be a Hollywood and I also star. feel like that's where the, the left should be looking itself Agreed. actually yes. too that's not to say that I also wouldn't vote for Rashida Tlaib if she decided of to course. run for president no but, but I, I think mean, the like, modern labor movement actually is where we should look because that is where the left is finally finding its footing in terms I think of action so too. yeah yeah and I think and some I think of these really, younger labor leaders I think they leaders, could fuck some shit up in an totally. open democratic primary yeah agreed yeah yeah and and in a way that makes use which of is some again of the... why Biden might just run himself exactly <laughs> no but also makes use as soon like... as he finds out Sarah Nelson is looking into running for president he's gonna file those papers real exactly fast. <laughs> get in there but I think we we have some of the benefits of the lessons of the AOCs in terms of how to wrangle media that yeah. like if a new younger figure yeah. could take advantage of in a way that makes it very confusing for the Democratic you know how I said like that part of the weirdness of the Fetterman Dr. Oz race was that Dr. Oz and John Fetterman were existing outside of the like normal media cycle mm, almost yeah. like Dr. Oz was not a running as a regular Republican and so Fetterman was didn't have to run as a regular Democrat but Fetterman's team understood something specific about how to run against a, an influencer yeah. that was different than running and so they right. so no one really understood what was going on there right. media wise and I feel like the Democrats and the kind of new left have a similar disconnection where it's like 
the Democrats have the way they do media, and the new left could really fuck some shit up in part because they understand media very differently. And they understand how to benefit from media very differently. And I think that would be kind of like an interesting thing to see happen on the national stage in the way that we often yeah, see yeah, it happen yeah. with like AOC versus whoever's mad at her at that week. Yeah, exactly. In any case. Um, well, I do think, unfortunately, like, you know, as you said, you know, being on the left, question everything. I do feel like it's hard, part of the reason why I suggested those people, besides the fact that I do think that they are actually good ideas, is that it's... Yeah, everyone's mad whether, at the, actually, the lefties in government. I, I think to some degree it's of her own making. And to some degree, I think it's of some unfair treatment and just like people see being in the system on the left as part of the problem. But like this sounds crazy to the people who maybe are not quite as fringe as maybe I operate at least on Twitter anyway. But like (laughs) I don't know how palatable AOC would even be to the left right now, which is a crazy thing to say. And I think she could probably get back in their good graces. But like. And I think she's sort of as broadly loved, too. So I think that there would be, in the same way that, like, a lot of people, like, discovered that they liked Bernie Sanders, like, after he started saying things that they liked, I think she could probably have the same effect on people. But, like, she, I think, would be starting from maybe not as strong a footing as some people in the mainstream might think, based on where she's sort of at right now with the the left of the party, which is not in a great place. don't think that she is the right person to she no is, i'm not saying it's her either but you, you know like, i think there's a I few mean, like, there's a few congressional sort of like i'm using air quotes oh, yeah, left yeah. left people who i think would have maybe not at least with sort of the activist lot yeah. start from the same place where even sanders himself would i think probably just because i think that they would yeah. there's some things that they've done that i think have been seen as questionable even just as recently as voting yes on the tentative agreement like for the, the, the one thing that they should look for in whatever whoever this figure these (laughs) figures turn out to be that I think AOC has but I don't know that a lot of the other lefties have is the ability to kind of like explain your reasoning in a way that is yeah no she's she's good she's good at that yeah she's She's really good at that so I think with her I worry about it less but I also I think she is too young to be elevated into that uh sort of to have that responsibility I think that she is somebody who deserves, like, uh, who also we benefit from having in Congress to some extent because of her ability to kind of demystify the process to people. Um, But also, I think it would be better if people didn't have to come through that pipeline in order to be active, you know, sort of left-wing figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I think having to come through Congress is one thing, but also I think there are probably some mayors that could start to gain national profile and mayors from bigger places than fucking South Bend, Indiana. (laughs) You know, like I think that there are some people who could start who have, you know, like oftentimes the pipeline to the executive branch is actually through state level government. It's not through federal government. And so I don't think that we need to just look to the squad. No, I I think the squad is like, it's great that we have that there because that's a messaging tool that we have. Yeah. uh, Well, that's what I'm saying. I think 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 you're right. I think we're probably like, would be, would do better to look. Agreed. No, I think, and I think also it benefits it to just, to expand the pool is beneficial. For sure. And so, you know, because you don't, with the left, you don't really know where people will land. <laughs> you you really should give don't. them a lot of options because it's hard to know what will happen. <laughs> I know. Or, or, why just, or why they will decide that they hate somebody. Right. It could, it could be any number of reasons. It could be any number of reasons. And it could be something incredibly stupid. In fact, it will often be something incredibly stupid. <laughs> right. I know. That's, I think, yeah. the uh, 
the the real power that we should be looking for in this figure is messaging power. It's almost like I think that you can overcome almost any amount of like past mistaking. It's the messaging power that Sanders has that is the thing. He understands repeating simple messages over and over and how effective yes, that is. Yes, yeah, right, right. And yeah. that is something that almost no moderate <coughs> Democrat understands. It's something that a lot of people on the left certainly don't understand. But yeah. I think that that's something that you can find oftentimes among people who have to do press work. For, like union leaders, I think, are a good example. Yeah. Um, and that's the real skill of, to running. It's not the skill to governing, but it's right. the skill to running. Yeah, for sure. So if you can find someone account. who seems like they could that. govern and mm -hmm. is good at that, that's really what... Uh, couldn't elevate someone to yeah. national the national stage. Agreed. In any case, let's talk about the Trump Organization being convicted on criminal seventeen criminal counts this week. You mean the the Trump Org witch hunt? The, yeah, I mean the witch hunt. Yeah, don't worry, Trump's planning to appeal. No. Good news to all. But on Tuesday, there was a jury in Manhattan that was hearing a criminal case about. Uh, tax fraud being committed by the Trump Organization. Newsflash, in case you were wondering, the Trump Organization's been committing tax fraud. <laughs> I don't know if that surprises you or upsets you, but it shouldn't. Um, <laughs> no. In any sense, there's a lot of various tax dodging schemes that have been going on. Uh, there was a big blow, I think, a little while ago where the CFO of the Trump Organization, as you probably read in the news, resigned and then said he would testify against Trump right. Organization. Weiselberg. Weisel yeah, Weiselberg. Oh, Weiselberg. Um, but, uh, you know, they've been up to the things you might expect the Trump org to be up to. They've been, you know, hiding uh, compensation. They've been hiding apartments and cars and private school tuition and, like, all the things that you hide when you're evil villains. Um, and they have now been convicted on 17 counts. And the real issue here is about their ability, I think, to borrow money in the future. Yeah. It's like a, an organization that has been convicted on criminal counts like this. It's like what bank wants to take a risk on lending them money? And right. of course, I asked myself about this, about the Trump it's organization It's wild that the they time. were doing that after he uh, had to uh, declare bankruptcy like 74 times. <laughs> well, how do you end up declaring bankruptcy 74 times? <laughs> You're committing fraud uh, at various levels. Yeah. Um, but it also, you know, it's not the only suit. There's a civil suit that Tish James has going against him as well. It's just yeah, like right. all of these things happening make the other things more likely. So like the more that they have trouble claiming that they're operating above board in the civil suits, the more likely they are to be convicted in those. And of course, this suit makes clear that they were not operating above board. So right. like all of this just sort of feeds into the other cases, which is exciting. Um, and also, this could make it impossible for them to operate in New York State. And I know that they'll just move to another state. But listen, yeah. let's get them out of New York. Let's get them out of New York. The you know what I think he should do? Because my first thought when I saw this was like, oh, well, let's just operate out of Florida because like he's already right. there. And Florida is like, you know, Trump capital of the world. But yeah. like also, maybe it's not getting it's getting not so great for him there. Like Ron DeSantis yeah. will probably try and fuck. He should literally just go and turn some bullshit, awful state into just like Trump MAGA world. Yeah. Like just pick... Pick Alabama, pick Louisiana, right. pick Oklahoma, one of those places, and just literally just make the just trump it out. Trump it out. Right? Just operate out of there, swindle everybody, steal all their money. And just stay Look, within the borders of that state. And they, they won't ever charge you for anything because they'll be happy to have you there. Yeah. Uh, and it'll, you'll just have a disgusting, like, rotten good time of it. Operate it like the mob, which is what sure. they do. And pay everyone in the state off. Yeah. But make it a small state. Yeah, right. That's what, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, and totally. then don't yeah. bother the rest of us. Right. One that'll be like generally happy to have you anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 
And we can yeah. have an extradition treaty so we horses. can get everyone out of there build who doesn't like want to be there. A, build a, a Trump uh, theme park. Right. Right. So just that people from it. Florida can come visit you? <laughs> sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, but just stay within the bounds of that state. Yeah, go there. Go there. Stay there. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to us anymore. No. And, uh, you know, if you want to be the president of that state, become the governor. Who cares? <laughs> That's right. That's, we've got to find a state that doesn't have any people or land. I know. Or like, maybe it's like Wyoming or Montana, one of those. I know. I was thinking like one of the one states of with more cows than people would be yeah, ideal. A Dakota. A Dakota. I don't want him to ruin the landscape yeah, in those places. Yeah, that's true. I know. They are pretty. Is there an island that no one lives on that we could give him? No. People could move to that island? No. It just feels like, why don't we give him a place Yeah. to keep him out of other places? <laughs> and he could build a wall around it. Oh, yeah. He might love that. It seems like... Oh, yeah. Like a small landmass so he could like actually build a wall. Yes, all the way around it. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And yeah. then you could have to pass through his wall. And like, listen, if you don't want to deal with Trump law, don't go through the wall. Yeah. You know? But it's like a clear wall so that it's like we know when we're getting... <laughs> when, when we're giving up our rights. <laughs> right. You know? Like, don't go in there if you don't want to deal with what's inside. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they could... It would be a, a city-state... Of what I would guess would be mostly men, because <laughs> what women would voluntarily agree to go in there, <laughs> so and true. they could just get into fistfights like they want to. Yeah. And you know. Shoot each other if they want. Shoot each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like going back to our original plan for gun owners. Yeah, which was to have the Hunger Games. Yeah. For gun owners. Yeah, and only the final. I stand by that being a great idea. I do too. I think that's one of the more brilliant ideas that we've had in the ten years of this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think. We just need to brainstorm a little about where we could send him that would contain all of the people. Yeah. Because another nice thing about them all being in one state is then they only really do have two senators. Yeah. I mean, this idea gets better and better <laughs> the more that we think about it. Um, we should pitch it to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the other thing, I wish that we were doing more to appeal to his vanity in ways that yes, benefit that's what, all Well, that's us. why I'm saying it. Like, works out yeah. great for him, right? Yes. Because his fans can come. Exactly. And he could always have an audience of his fans. Yeah. And he would love that. Love. And he would have the best ratings in that whole city state. <laughs> That's right. They have the only ratings in that whole city yep. state. So it really works out smashingly. Yeah. But I think if we could find a way to convince him to do what was best for America of his own accord, yeah. I think that would make all of our lives easier. Same. Yeah, we got to get him. We got to get to him. We got to get to him. Yeah. The problem is that he seems gross and I don't want to talk to him. I don't either. <laughs> but maybe being patriots, we have to do yeah. what we have to do. Actually, We'd, I might like to talk to him once. Just to be like, listen, here. <laughs> yeah. Also. No, he, I would be really nice about it. I'd be like, I have a business proposal for you. Yeah. No, you have You're to. You're going to love it. You have to flatter him. That's yeah. the only way you can get anything no, from I, him. But yeah. he'll repeat. If you flatter him enough, he'll just repeat everything that you've said yeah. for like a week before someone else talks to him. Yeah. Be like, sir, yeah. you're going to take over Arkansas. Yeah, right. You're going to have the whole state. <laughs> the whole state of Arkansas. Imagine it with me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Donald Trump, chief executive of Arkansas. <laughs> Maga, MAGA world. That's right. You can't go bankrupt if taxpayers are just paying into, you know, yeah. just operate the grift at the state level. Yeah, operate the grift. Anyway, that's the news this week. <sighs> there it is. Genius ideas, as always, from us here yeah. at Brain Trust Live. <laughs> That's right. 
we will. We listen. We might be back before the holidays. That's what I was gonna say. We don't we'll know talk what to will you happen. When we talk we'll to talk you. to you when we talk to you. Don't wait for us. <laughs> don't wait for us. But also rush as soon as you see a new episode. Oh well, right. Exactly. To listen. Wait for us in the sense that when we're back. You'll be there to listen to it. That's right. <laughs> but if next Monday morning... You don't have a Brain Trust Live. You're not going to be able to go on with your day without a Brain Trust Live, then you should start thinking about what that's going to look like right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, make a plan for that. <laughs> go celebrate the holidays. Uh, right. yeah. We'll talk to you at some point. Bye. Bye.